everyone, welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of inspiring crazy chicken keepers and educating future flock owners. I'm your host, Kendra, and today I'm flying solo in a mini-sode. This mini-sode is a little bit shorter than our traditional episodes as we cover relevant happenings in and around Meyer Hatchery. Sometimes we also interview industry leaders, and today we're excited to be joined by Pascal from Brincy, your incubation specialist. Brincy has focused on egg incubator design continuously since 1976, resulting in egg incubators, chick brooders, and incubation accessories. Brincy truly offers unparalleled practicality, reliability, superior hatch rates, and therefore healthy chicks. And because of that, Meyer Hatchery proudly offers several Brincy products. Today, Pascal and I share more about Brincy, her personal insight into incubation while raising a flock, and we discuss Brincy's newest product to hit the market, their Chick Safe Automatic Coop Door Openers. Now, before we dive into the interview, let's go over the review of the week. This review is on Apple Podcasts from user Nikki Denise's and is titled Highlight of My Day. They write, I'm an attorney who commutes an hour to and from work each day. My chickens are a great stress relief and I love tuning in to the new podcast. Great catalog this year too. We're so thankful for your kind words and are glad to be able to be a stress relief on your commute along with your flock awaiting you at home. Now, since we can't really respond to reviews, I thought it would be nice to give you all a shout out during our weekly episodes to show that we see you and are enjoying your feedback. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, we'd greatly appreciate it if you drop us a review and maybe you'll be featured next week. So without further ado, let's get into this mini-sode. Welcome to the coop, Pascal. Hi, thanks. Good to be with you. Now, Pascal is from Brincy, so for those who may not be familiar, can you just give a brief introduction into who you are and your position at Brincy? Sure. Well, I'm the uh, executive vice president of uh, Brinzi Products in the uh, USA. I started back in 1994 in the uh, UK office uh, in the export department, uh, and then when Brinzi uh, opened in the USA, I moved. <laughs> so that was back in 1999. So I've been here for quite a while and uh, very happy to uh, to be expanding. Yeah, it sounds like Brincy is releasing a lot of new products this year. The company is growing, which is always exciting. Yes, yes. I mean, we've, uh, you know, nearly 45 years in, uh, in, in business and certainly uh, always trying to, you know, to improve on our design and the always uh, launching, you know, new products, and uh, this year we're very excited to uh, to launch our uh, automatic coop door openers. So, yes, very excited. So, what is Brincy mainly known for? Well, I mean, we're the incubation specialist. Uh, that's uh, that's been the the core of our business, uh, you know, since we started in 1976. So, you know, incubators, brooders, candlers. I mean, anything very closely related to incubation is is really our specialty, and we strive to offer quality products that will reliably hatch eggs or brood chicks, and basically, uh, you know, always improve on the designs to offer more features, uh, you know, hopefully at a lesser price, um, taking advantage of the advances in, in technology and, and applying it to, you know, to the field of, of incubation. 
we were talking about all the different things you offer and now your coop door openers. And we were kind of like, Rincey really has every instance of critical care in raising chickens from incubating to brooding to now keeping them safe in and out of the coop. Like you've taken that critical aspect of care and have really refined it in our opinion, which is pretty spectacular, really. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's, uh, we, we've also, um, you know, talking of critical care and it's slight, uh, you know, slight aside, but we also have a, a range of uh, animal intensive care units, which are used by vets and rehabbers. And uh, so, so, yes, we've, you know, we care for, you know, for uh, obviously, you know, backyard flocks, uh, but also, you know, sort of a wider range of, of animals as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was reading about some of the exotic care stuff and it was just like way over my head. It was pretty impressive <laughs> to read, but I was like, I'll just stick to backyard flocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, you know, raising exotics is uh, is a whole different ball game. You know, you've got, they're, they're like babies. You've got to feed them every few hours. It's just, I wouldn't be able to do it either. <laughs> <laughs> no. So some of your favorite incubator models that you carry? Well, I think my favorite ones are the Mini and the Maxi Advance. They're just so easy to use and they just, you have such a clear view of the hatching eggs. It's just, uh, they, have, they have to be my favorite. Uh, you know, they're, they're really foolproof. You know, if you, if you put them on auto, they'll just, you know, they'll turn the eggs or you should they maintain the temperature like the others. But, you know, the, uh, the auto stop feature, uh, which means that the turning will stop automatically two days prior. So, you know, even if you forget, you know, you're not going to get any little uh, legs or, you know, traps in, in the turning mechanism or anything like that. I think that's and the countdown feature. So, you know, exactly where you are at and, you know, you can prepare for it. They're very popular, particularly for school teachers. It makes life a lot easier for them. Yeah, the fact that the dome is completely clear is so nice for teachers because it does give students a good perspective on the entire hatching process without having a little window to peek through like a lot of incubator models out there. That's correct. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm actually using the Brincy Maxi 2 Advance for the hatch long, and I will say I was pretty surprised at how easy it was to set up. Opening it up, it's a pretty impressive looking, like aesthetically, incubator, and so you open up the pamphlet to make sure you're doing everything right, and you're like, oh, you literally just hit go and add some water and set your eggs, and it's running. That's it. That's the idea. (laughs) That's the idea, making it as easy as possible for the user. Yes. Yeah, because last week we talked about how intimidating incubating can be. There's so much information out there and it can be hard to determine what's critical and what's opinion-based. So having an incubator like that where you don't have to second guess what you're doing makes hatching a lot more enjoyable. Absolutely. I mean, we try, you know, our motto is, you know, is reliability, but also make the experience fun because, you know, hatching should be fun. It is fun. (laughs) But, you know, it's just if you remove all the sort of uh, concerns about the technicalities of, of incubating, then, you know, then it's a lot more enjoyable. Absolutely. What have you personally hatched? All sorts of things. <laughs> uh, various breeds of chickens. We have, um, you know, Polish and Brahmas. At the moment, we have some uh, Wyandots, some uh, Golden Laced, which they're getting old, but we, we hatch those and we're going to have to, you know, renew our flock. Uh, we had also some Coronation Sussex. We also did some uh, Rouen Ducks and uh, Toulouse Geese. 
uh, we have we have a large uh, pond on the on the property, so we thought it would be fun to have some some waterfowls <laughs> for weed control mostly, but but still, I, I just enjoy having them around. Yeah, it seems like geese have really become a pretty popular breed to add to your backyard flock. I mean, I know they've been around for a long time, but it just seems like recently you see a lot more people adding them to their homestead for exactly that weed control and predator alerts as well. Yes, oh yes, they're very uh, good uh, guard dogs. I mean, they uh, they used to uh, they used to scare the our UPS driver. <laughs> 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 Not that they were aggressive, but they were they are, can be a little intimidating. And they, they were, you know, roaming free. So, um, yeah, they had, uh, they, they were, they're very inquisitive. So, yes. Oh, what are you delivering today? <laughs> it didn't seem to come, go down very well with him. But uh, he got used to it eventually. But initially was a bit nervous. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably hoping he was delivering a big box of treats for him. I guess so. Yeah. He's going to have to learn to carry some like mealworms in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any like a personal story or experience with incubating that comes to mind that you think would be valuable for our listeners? I, I, I hope it'll be valuable. I mean, I guess the, you know, I mean, obviously I've incubated uh, a lot over the years. Uh, and I think my first experience uh, has to be what sticks to, to my mind. And particularly uh, the first time I uh, candled uh, the eggs, I was just completely blown away. I, I just didn't know what to expect. I'd never incubated anything before. And I was just, uh, you know, like anybody who joins uh, Brindy has to go through the process of, you know, hatching their own eggs, which I think is great. Um, and so I was, you know, given those those chicken eggs, I, and I must admit, I, I don't know what breed they <laughs> were. But um, yes, the first time I said, okay, well, you know, starting day five or six, you know, just have a look and see, see, see if they're developing. And it, it was just just a wow factor. To this day, um, candling the eggs is still my favorite part of incubation. Watching the whole natural process taking place in front of your eyes, I, I think is just amazing. It truly is. When I started incubating, that was my main concern is I had no idea what I was mm. looking for. But then once you candle, you realize you're going to see it regardless. Like there's moving yeah. organism in there that's thriving. Like you're going to see it or not. And you're going to know there's not like really an in-between, which is kind of funny now looking back. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, to me, it, it, it never gets old. It's just, you know, still, you know, amazing. And, and if you can share it, you know, with, you know, with children or, or even just somebody who's never done it before, just I, I, I love to just watch their face the first time that you see a you know, an embryo moving or, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's just brilliant. Definitely is. If you had to give our listeners one tip for incubating success, what would that tip be? I would say patience. I mean, it seems obvious to us, but obviously incubator is not a microwave, so you don't speed up the process. Um, it still takes, you know, 21 days or, 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 you know, depending on the breeds, obviously 21 for chickens. But um, but also, if, you know, once you set the incubator, you introduce the eggs, the temperature is going to drop. Be patient. Don't try to fiddle with things all the time. Let things settle. And once they start hatching, that's the main thing. Just be patient as well. You know, it's just people so often start helping and just do damage, not realizing that, you know, from that first 
tip to, you know, when they start unzipping the egg, you know, it, it can take, you know, at least 24 hours. So it's just, you know, just, just be patient, be patient <laughs> and just don't overreact. Don't overthink it. Don't overreact. As I say, you know, a lot of the time, you know, people are sort of, you know, open the incubator to, to add water or, or to candle the egg. Temperature is going to drop a little bit, but it'll recover and the humidity will recover as well. And then if they start fiddling saying, oh no, the temperature's dropped, I need to readjust it. Then, then they start messing things up and so it's just a matter of not overpanicking and uh, being patient. <laughs> yeah, I compared it last week to watching water boil. Like the more you want to watch them, like expecting to see something, but you really don't see anything until you candle or until that last hatching period. So they were calling me the airplane mother or like the hover mom because I would look <laughs> in the incubator every single day, but there's nothing, there's nothing to see. Like they look like eggs every single day until they start pipping and hatching out. So truly is a test of patience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the difference between standard incubators and a cabinet incubator. Now my co-host has used cabinet incubators before. I have not. I know they're a little bit more advanced or for those who are hatching maybe for a business, either they're mm -hmm. producing for like 4-H or they're producing to sell locally. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two? Sure. I mean, the difference is, is, is very much in the size of the incubator because the features we try to offer um, you know, the same level of, of sophistication, irrespective of the size of our incubators. So, uh, you know, the little tabletop incubators or the, or the larger cabinet incubators will all have electronic, uh, you know, fully digital controls of temperature, of, of humidity, programmable uh, egg turning. Th these are, you know, key features of the, uh, of the cabinet incubators. And then it's just really a matter, of, a matter of size. So, you know, 100 eggs up to 580 eggs and you know, also separate hatches so that those who really want to have the, you know, the number of eggs to put through during a season can keep the mess of hatching <laughs> separated from the incubator and just, you know, carry on, carry on going. So, so yes, they're more geared towards uh, the larger uh, producers, but still, you know, nothing like the, you know, the commercial hatcheries <laughs> like you guys. I mean, these are large incubators for, you know, for a backyard farmer, but, but still, relatively speaking, uh, small in the, in the scheme of, of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a cabinet incubator really is like a, a mini version of the industrial hatchers that we use. And it really is just quantity. I know a lot of people think bigger is better, like they want to get the bigger incubator with all the programmable features. But really for an average backyard flock owner, the features are the same. It's just how many you can produce. So that's a great tip for listeners, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, and you know, hatching can become addictive. I mean, <laughs> so... Um, we have, you know, customers who have, you know, started with a mini and then sort of bought several minis and now expanding into, you know, something bigger. But also we find that several smaller units uh, can be uh, can be the way to go as well, just, just because it offers more flexibility and you can do, you know, different breeds. Uh, most poultry incubates at the same temperature, but, um, you know, if you want to do some, some quail or if you want to do... You know, something something slightly different that has d different, sort of slightly different temperature or humidity requirements. 
uh, then obviously having, you know, a couple of different incubators is probably better than one larger one. So it's just uh, something else to consider. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because like me, <laughs> doing the hatch along for the hatchery, I volunteered for this, but then it turned into that division we'll call of chicken math where I went from, okay, I'll incubate some chicken eggs. to Oh, I'll also incubate some turkey eggs too. So I do have two (laughs) incubators going for that exact reason. But if you were to do a cabinet incubator, I know a lot of um, bigger production farms like to use those because you can rotate your eggs. So if you have the separate hatcher, you can keep adding like a new rack of eggs every week so you can get that continuous hatching happening where like you said if you're doing a standard incubator and just using multiple you can hatch smaller quantities of several breeds so that is a really good point for people to consider i say a lot on here you really have to ask yourself what you want like what do you want Mm -hmm. to do what is the purpose of these breeds and i think that will help lead you into choosing the right incubator for you yes that's very good advice yes Once the incubation period is over, let's move into your brooder plates, a lot of people call them. You guys call Mm -hmm. them the Eco Glow Chick Brooders. Mm -hmm. Now, how do those compare to heat lamps? Right. Well, it's, you know, completely uh, a different ballgame, really. I mean, they, first of all, they're very safe. Uh, They operate off uh, 12 volt um, and uh, they uh, very economical as well because they only uh, sort of produce, depending on the model, but around 20, 25 watts. So compared with, you know, a typical, you know, heat lamp that's at least 100, um, you know, the the risk of overheating uh, the chicks is removed. Um, They get more adjusted to day-night uh, cycle because you, our brooders don't generate any any light, so um, they're, they're, they're more adjusted. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, customers comment that their chicks seem to be uh, hardy. They're not so overheated, so they're more adjusted to the temperature and, you know, hardier when they are moved to, you know, to the coop, which is another benefit that we hadn't necessarily anticipated, but that's good to know. So yes, I mean, just being, you know, safe and economical and just a lot closer um, to the uh, natural process. I mean, basically, you know, the chicks will sort of nestle under the the plate, uh, you know, the same way as they would under, uh, you know, the mother's hen's uh, wings. So it, yes, it's a lot, uh, a lot more analogous to uh, to nature. I guess another big point to make for the difference between the Eco Glow Chick Brooder and a heat lamp is that it uses radiant heat, which I don't think a lot of people realize. So a lot of times we get customers that will chat in or call in with losses and they describe their brooder setup. They're giving us all the details and everything seems right. Um, and we'll ask them, you know, what is the temperature of your brooder? And they'll mm-hmm. say, well, we're using a heat plate, which is completely fine. But you can't measure heat with a brooder plate because it is radiant. Can you explain what radiant heat is so listeners kind of get a better understanding of how it works? Sure, sure. Yes, I mean, radiant heat basically uh, travels through the air but doesn't warm the air. It warms uh, solid objects. So the chicks, your hand, (laughs) you know, uh, will be, you know, will be warmed, but it, it doesn't warm up. Uh, the air, which also means that there's a less uh, there's less room for error. 
If you put a thermometer under, you know, a, a, a radiant heater, you're not the, the temperature that the thermometer is going to register is going to be typically, and that's you know ballpark, uh, 10 degrees lower than what the, the chicks will feel. So, um, I mean, observing the behavior of the chicks is is always key. If they're all huddled together, um, they're obviously cold. If they're all happy and spread about, they home you just find if you know sometimes a little too hot but it's uh, and also making sure that the brooder is is in a, is in a room which i mean we for our plates we recommend the temperature not dropping below 50 just just to be sure that you know these chicks uh, are going to be are going to be comfortable uh, you know even at night so it's economical it's it's very the chicks absolutely love it but you have to be a a little bit more careful where you set them up because yes indeed you know everything could be could be right but you know if you set them in a garage uh you know in the dead of winter in you know in wisconsin um you're probably going to have you know some 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 issues if if you're not careful Exactly. And that's when customers email us or chat us or call us with those issues and they'll send photos. A lot of times we'll request to try to help them troubleshoot. That's the number one cause of losses that I typically see with people using the chick brooder. They're not using it indoors. And that I think is so important to recognize. They are meant to be used within either like a spare room or if your basement is heated, they really need to be in an enclosed space that's draft free. So... That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they also are really great for classroom settings. So Brinty offers a lot of interesting products for classroom hatching. Now, this time of year, we get a ton of requests from teachers. I know you're probably not as familiar with this, Pascal, but we partner with Grow Next Gen and the Ohio Soybean Council to do what they call Chick Quest. And it's an elementary level classroom curriculum that they've produced and we've just partnered with them on. We send a representative and then they also receive a certificate for hatching eggs from us at the end. It's a really cool program. So we do get a lot of teachers who chat in or call and are looking to place those orders and asking a lot of questions. They've gone through some hands-on training, but typically we do help them out with an additional guide and guidance on our end. Now, the one Brincy product that I think is super fascinating, I would love to be asked to go to a school just to use this, is the OvaScope. I think it is incredible that you can hook a webcam. Like, I do technology every day, but just to imagine having a webcam introduced into a candler so the whole classroom can see it, I think that's awesome. Yes. I mean, it was specifically designed with classroom use in mind. Just because, you know, darkening, uh, you know, a classroom and having each child, you know, to come and have a look is not is not necessarily very convenient. So we thought, okay, well, well what can we do? So yes, the overscope looks a bit like a microscope and you open it, you put the egg in it, and there's a, obviously the light, you know, shines into it. And, and then, you know, through the eyepiece, you can connect a webcam, any webcam, uh, and then you can project to, to the whole classroom. So yes, it was very much done with the 
teachers in in mind. But we find that a lot of you know breeders uh, find it you know very useful as well, and uh, for the same reason, <laughs> they don't have to go and hide in a dark corner somewhere. Yeah, I think that's so powerful for a classroom. As a teacher, you're not hovering over one student trying to ask them, well, can you see, can you see this? So making sure that they're seeing what you're trying to display is hard in that level and being able to project that and experience that with an entire class, like that to me has to be pretty a pretty powerful learning experience for classrooms. So I love that from Brincy. And then you guys also offer like incubator brooding packs that include everything a teacher would need, right? That's right. Yes, we we do. Uh, we have three classroom packs. We started with the mini when we introduced the maxi. Uh, we we have a, a classroom pack around the maxi, and then even for you know uh, middle schools, uh, there's a innovation 28 uh, classroom pack. And so basically, all the packs are the same, depending on you know which incubator you choose. You get the incubator, you get the uh, the brooder plate, you get the overscope, and uh, you know a feeder, drinker, an enclosure. I mean, basically. You're all you're all set up with everything you need, and it comes also uh, with a lesson plan. Again, trying to uh, make the whole experience fun, trying to remove all the difficulties because I mean it's you know managing a project like this with children is is not is not so easy. I mean teachers have a lot on their plate, and so trying to make it as easy as possible, and you know incorporating a lesson plan that can be you know tailored for various grades, but it's mostly elementary, you know, levels um, is, you know, and we, we've had some some very good uh, feedback. Actually, uh, a few years back, the mini kit won a teacher's awards. Uh, so that was, uh, we were very, very pleased that uh, our effort had been uh, recognized and that uh, teachers were, uh, were finding it useful. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think a lot of times when teachers take on that project, like you said, they already have a lot on their plate and incubating can feel very overwhelming. And I think a lot of teachers sometimes miss the fact that once they hatch, what are you going to do with the chicks? Mm, Like, I don't think a lot of people have it planned out to have that brooder area set up for them to observe afterwards. So yeah, Mm -hmm. having the entire pack put together for them and it stores away in the case, like that's a breeze to me. That's like, yes, add to cart, check out you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Brinzi, we've partnered to offer you free shipping on all Brinzi products. This exclusive offer is only available to the Coop podcast listeners. Are you looking to upgrade your old incubator and get a new one? Or maybe purchase a new candler for your science department? Or try out an EcoGlow brooder instead of that old heat lamp? Well, March is your month. Access this limited time offer today through the link below in our show notes. Now that we've covered some of the great incubators and brooder packs and ovoscope that you offer at Brincy, let's talk about your newest product release, the Coop Door Openers. Now you offer a couple different ones, but let's talk about your new ChickSafe automatic openers. Yeah, so we've just uh, launched a couple of new models. Uh, We have been selling uh, automatic uh, openers for several years now, and obviously we've learned quite a few things along the way. (laughs) And so we've just redesigned the chick safe and introduced two uh, two models and both have uh, a light 
sensor that which operates them. The advanced model also has a timer. So if you prefer to have the coupe open at a certain time rather with the sunrise, then can, you can do that too. I think the main difference between our openers and uh, the other openers on the market, apart from the fact they come with three-year warranty like every other Brunzi product, uh, is that there's no calibration required. And that is always, um, you know, with the, with the older products, the, the most of the calls uh, that we received questions were regarding the calibration process. And so we've done away cunningly with, <laughs> with the calibration. So, you know, basically all you have to do is set up the, uh, the opener box on your coupe. And if you have obviously an existing uh, door, uh, usually it works better with a, uh, a sliding door up and down uh, motion. You can, you know, attach it to the door and it will basically uh, detect the closed and open position and you're all set. So um, if your door is not of the sliding kind, uh, we offer also, uh, you know, a, a door kit uh, to go to go with the openers. And I also love that it's all inclusive. You don't have any, you know, sort of limit switches or, you know, sort of cumbersome wiring, you know, going on that you have to set up. It's Yes, it is an all-in-one design. You just fix it with the two screws provided on your poop and, you know, put the four batteries in and, and you're good to go. You know, a lot of people are concerned that they uh, operate with, you know, on batteries. But I mean, the, the batteries last a remarkably long time. I mean, typically about a year, uh, which I think is pretty amazing. We check ours. Uh, you know, every six months we have several in, you know, in operation on the property, but check the battery level. And there is an indicator that tells you what the status of the door, if the door is open, if the door is closed, if there's an issue, a jam of some sort, or if the, the batteries are getting low, all this, you know, it's all, it's all flash you know, more frequently to let you know that there's a there's an issue, the batteries need changing. So, but yes, it's, uh, you know, that, that's another question that we get quite often is, you know, but how often am I going to need to change the batteries? And the answer is it's not very often. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, which is perfect yeah. for like off-grid homesteaders. If you don't have electricity running out to your coop, or if you just have purchased, like us, we purchased an old farm, there's no mm-hmm. electricity to that coop. So having something that's battery operated, easy to install, pre-calibrated, no guesswork about it. I mean, that sounds perfect to me. And again, reading the description on the product, you guys have thought about every single aspect. Like when you talk about them being light censored, and then it highlights on your product that it's not affected by headlights, which who thinks about that until you're, you know, running to the coop at night in your tractor and your headlights flash around it, you know, it's not going to automatically start opening the door, which is great. That's right. Yes. Well, you know, that's the devil is in the details. So, you you have to think about you know all the things that could go wrong and uh, yes we have a team of uh, you know four or five guys uh, who just basically uh, scratch their heads and uh, and and try and, uh, and and come up with solutions to every possible problem sometimes they miss something uh, but but usually it's uh, yeah it, it it's it's very good and uh, as I say you know learning from you know from our experience from obviously feedback from our 
customers is is absolutely key and as comprehensive as as they can with as many features uh, you know that we can that we can include uh, to make uh, you know to make to make life easier mm-hmm. well and I can say Meyer Hatchery is proud to be a partner with Brincy because of that you guys are family owned which we think is incredible all your products produced over in Britain and then of course I mean simplicity is at the backbone of every single Brincy product that I've personally come across but two you have the features that matter it's not bells and whistles just to make it appealing to the market it's features that matter to the user and I think that is very incredible for the poultry industry you don't see a lot of that oh good well thank you (laughs) yeah you're very welcome all right so as we end I do have a signature question for you all right if you could be any breed what would you be and why okay well um I think I would like to be a cream leg bar. I'm from the UK. <laughs> I, I personally am not, but <laughs> Brindy is. So I thought, well, okay, cream leg bars are from the UK. They are friendly. They're beautiful blue eggs. Uh, and they've got these cute, you know, crest feathers, uh, apart from their comb. And I think one major advantage for anyone who breeds chickens is that um, they're color flexible. So I think, you know, for all those reasons, I think I'd like to be a cream leg dog. I love it. Just like Brinzi, all in one, right? All the features <laughs> you could ever want in one breed. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Pascal. I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Coop podcast today. So glad to have you. So much good information. So thank you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. And that's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week. 